for me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Moving the Goalposts. Uh, I'm Nick DiMartino. I'm Liam Barwick. So, hold on a second. All right, that's good. We're back. Um, so, we have a lot to get to today, specifically with the, the whole NFL playoffs thing. Um, but first, we just have to say, um, you can follow us across social media. At MTGPETB, you can follow the Empty the Bench Network on social media at ETB Network. You can follow you can follow the you, you could follow us, but both the show and the uh, network on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Now X, whatever you want to call it. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Dmar. You can follow Liam at Liam MTGP, and we are sponsored by Wolf Spread. Uh, the official app of the Empty the Bench Network, uh, you can call it. Um, all right. So make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, YouTube.com slash Network, where you can find all the shows. All right. So, and you can find us on ETBpodcast.com. So wherever you get your podcast, you can find the show. All right. So let me get into it. Let's all get into it. Uh, the NFL... Uh, big weekend, obviously. It was it was a big weekend. Most of the games, not <laughs> a lot of the games, really not not too eventful. Not the best uh, super wild card weekend we've seen. Um, I went three for three. Um, how did you do? Uh, not very good. All right. Well, I, I went, only I went three for three, so that, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, the Dolphins uh, just laid down and died. They're not – I don't know if you saw I – don't, I don't know how many people saw that game, but it was – I guess the Dolphins, they, they really need conditions uh, to be, like, perfect for them to actually be able to win games. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins game, I mean, they didn't show up. That was offensive. – offensively, they didn't show up. I think it finished about 26-7. It could have been – it should have been 35-7 at half, but Miami's defense kept stopping Kansas City as Kansas City got deep into the red zone and kept them in the game, but they just didn't show up at all. Um, Miami, like we've talked about a long time, they yes, it was cold, but they haven't played anybody like worthy of <clears throat> worthy of um, Super Bowl contention before this game besides the Cowboys. That was their only win against a really good team. Um, 
they they were just never, I don't think, a good team, honestly. I think they were beating up on the little sisters of the poor and ended up losing. Yeah, and they were very one-dimensional. And also, they could have very easily won. The, they should have been able to win the division. Like, it, like, we can criticize them for not being able to play in the cold. But if they had just if they had just won the division, they would have at least had some home games. Like it it wouldn't it wouldn't have been that bad. Um, but like, I mean, can any like winning team just say we need conditions to like we need, we can't play in the cold weather? Uh, it, it just I mean their defense wasn't very good anyway. They were statistically a very good offense, but I don't think being a good offense statistically. Uh, really indicates how good of an offense you have necessarily, at least when it comes to the playoffs, because as you said, they played the little sisters of the poor. They weren't really, they they weren't really going up against the best defenses. They're kind of like, if they were a college team, they would be like a Pac-12 team or a big 12 team, you know? Yeah. They just, again, like, and the offense was good, but like, when they played Buffalo, you could give that excuse, but they played Buffalo in perfect conditions in Miami the week before, and they put up 14 points. So they had three chances to win the division. They could, they lost to the bills twice and they blew a 13 point lead in the final minutes against the Tennessee Titans as well. Yeah. So they're, they're a 14 point lead rather. So they, I don't think that the Dolphins had any right to complain about the conditions, the conditions are what they are. The yeah. conditions are the same for both teams, frankly. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I thought that was – I expected Kansas City to win the game, but um, Miami offensively did not show up. They, they had a big play to Tyreek Hill, and that was it for the entire game. Yeah, and also, like, you're known for being a good offensive team. At the very least, you have to show up on offense. Like, it, it, it just – it is basically the least you can do. So, um, I mean, look, they had a good year. Tua had a very good year. Um, it, it's just that they're not – they have a lot more to prove. I, I think the only thing this does is that it gives them a lot more to prove next year mm-hmm. uh, now that everybody's doubting their ability to overcome any sort of adversity. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree, but I just don't think they were a good team overall anyway. Well, I mean, I don't think they were a bad team. They just they just can't deal with adversity, basically. Like, they were the opposite of grit. Well, I don't think they really played anybody either. No, they, they didn't. Like, it kind of reminded me of, like, the Giants of last year, where they didn't play anybody, they looked good, and then when they played somebody – now, granted, the Giants won a playoff game last year, but when they played Philadelphia, they just got blown out of the water. Like, it kind of reminded me of that. Like, yeah. you Although that was also kind of true of the Vikings last year. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but, yeah, I, I agree. And the Giants beat the Vikings in that game. So they, I, I think that really, like, it, it really showed, like, that there aren't there aren't as many teams that can win it as you think. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, although sometimes teams that you don't expect to be able to win, it's sometimes it's getting hot at the right time. Although I don't think, given the Dolphins' position this year, that they would have been able to get hot at the right time. I, I feel like that would have been relatively unrealistic. Um, it, it, it just, it, I think it would have been too difficult. I, I mean, one game that I 
one game that I actually really whiffed on was the Texans and Browns. I actually thought the Browns, I thought Joe Flacco would keep it up. Uh, he didn't. <laughs> he, he needless to say he didn't. They ended up getting blown out. Um, I don't know what what's in the future for Joe Flacco. Um, but I guess I was a little bit too high on the Browns. Uh, it was that that was not a good look for Flacco. He, he looked like the Jets Flacco from last year. Yeah, that's what I kind of predicted. It was he didn't look good, and and the Browns just didn't look good. I mean, this was a crazy year for the Browns. A lot of injuries, a lot of <clears throat> turnover at quarterback, a lot of adversity, and uh, it just came through. But you're talking now about on the alternative side. You know, if you forget about Flacco and the Browns, we're, we're looking at probably the greatest rookie season in the history of the NFL. Yeah, and um. It's, and another great performance by C.J. Stroud, and he could go on to win uh, the next round as well. He's been that good. And the person, the biggest loser of the game was actually uh, David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers, yeah. just because, again, they could have had C.J. Stroud and went with Bryce Young with the first pick. Because he ordered scallops with dinner. And anybody now would take that back. So – it's um, it's it's an unbelievable um, performance by him, and he's made a lot of his receivers better, like Collins and Dell. Like he's yeah. made them better than they than they really are. Yeah, like they weren't as good without him. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, I mean, a lot of it is. I, I mean, I also think a lot of it is also coaching. I think I, I think coaching has a lot to do with how quarterbacks develop. Um, I personally actually thought – I always kind of thought Stroud was better than Bryce Young I as an NFL quarterback. Even last year I did. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you thought the same way. Uh, kind of. But there are there are cases of quarterbacks who aren't as good in college as they are in the pros. Like Dan Marino wasn't as good a quarterback in college as he was in and the And there's pros. also a lot of cases of quarterbacks that are really good in college that don't pan out in the pros. Yeah, like Bryce Young might be. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Um, Well, the game is just a lot of people say the game is just different and it is, it is different in a lot of ways. Um, And also a lot of times quarterbacks at smaller schools sometimes get very, get overlooked. Although like this is not an example of like TJ Stroud. He went to Ohio state, Uh, but a lot of Ohio state quarterbacks that were very good. I mean, most Ohio state quarterbacks, including very, the best Ohio State quarterbacks. Very few of them are good in the NFL. It, it, they are, it, it's just – I mean, people say that about Alabama, but Alabama occasionally gets a good quarter NFL quarterback. You can't but say I that think, about Ohio State. But I think also we're also giving the Texans a lot of credit where, like, he kind of fell into a lap. Like, I think if the Texans didn't make that two-point conversion last year and they end up getting the one pick, I think they would have picked Bryce Young. Because the consensus was on Bryce Young. Like, I, I, yes, they're getting a lot of credit, but the, he, he kind of did fall into their lap. Like, I, if they had yeah. the number one, I think they would have took I mean, as a- I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what would have happened because they didn't get the number one pick. I think that consensus is very often wrong. And it just goes to show you – it goes to show you how much the scouts get wrong. It's like, if the consensus is this and the consensus is so wrong, what are, like, I've always thought, like, what are the scouts even doing? Like, what do they know? I mean, if you look at the consensus in 2018, 
the consensus other than the Browns was Sam Darnold as the number one pick. And if not for the Browns, if, if any other team, any team other than the Browns would have picked Sam Darnold at number one. It's like what like consensus is just so often so unbelievably wrong, like so comically wrong in hindsight. Uh, it, I mean, look, I don't know what the Texans would have done. It wasn't exactly. I, I wouldn't say it was true amongst fans. Like, I don't think all fans necessarily thought Bryce Young was so much better than CJ Stroud. Um, I don't know what they would have done though. I, I, I it could, it could be true that they just got very well, lucky. It just shows why I, I, I always think that while it's important where you draft, I always think like getting a high draft pick or where you draft is kind of overrated because the people that are doing the draft matter much more than where the draft pick is. Yeah. Well, it, it makes me think of how like now I'm an advocate of teams tanking at times. Like there have been many times when I thought that I want, I hope the Jets lose this game. Uh, and tanking can work for sure. And it is true that if the Jets had lost to the Jaguars three years ago, we could have had – we would have had uh, – The Rams. Uh, the Rams. Well, the Jaguars too. Um, we, we could have had uh, – uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence. That is true. It's also true that if we didn't lose so many games in 2017 and we had the 10th pick or so, uh, we could have had Josh Allen. So it, it it could kind of go both ways. Like having a higher draft pick is no guarantee. But, but you don't know that they they would have picked Josh Allen though. With the tenth pick, if if the, if he was if, available, I'm saying though they picked whatever. But no, no. What um, I'm saying is that if the Jets had say for for example maybe the eighth pick, ninth pick, whatever it was, and Josh Allen was available, they would have drafted him. That's. Well, I mean, yeah. That, I mean, that's neither here nor there, though. But the point is that that uh, Stroud has had an unbelievable rookie year, and I, I'd like to see him take it into Baltimore the, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. No, he has. He's had a very good rookie year, and it, it, he he's also progressed a lot, like throughout the season. And, yes, and they, they also have. they also rely on him a lot more than most quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks are relied on. I mean, the Texans, they rely on him a lot more than the Jets have ever relied on, say, Zach Wilson. Right. The Zach Wilson, they ran an offense with training wheels on it, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like, they were like, oh, don't don't throw too much. Um, I mean, the one team, I think that was the biggest disapp- – I mean, okay, so it's a tough weekend for the NFC East. Really tough weekend for the NFC East. Yeah. yeah. Um the Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, I, I I never, I think partly because, I mean, I think everybody wrote off Jordan Love a little too soon. He never really had much of a chance to prove himself. Uh, and then it, he ends up progressing a lot. The Packers are known for being able to develop quarterbacks, unlike some other teams that we might root for. Um, I, I guess part of it is projection. Like if your team is bad, at developing quarterbacks, you often assume others will also have that same thing. It's just sort of a life. I don't know. It's just sort of a thing in life. Like if I, you might assume that if I can't do this, that means other people aren't also going to be able to do this, whatever the case may be. Um, And I think that was certainly the case uh, with Jordan Love. Uh, And he finally got a chance to prove himself. The thing is, is that like, I don't know what happened to Dallas. They basically 
could like they were known for having such a good defense. Like everybody all year kept talking about Dallas's offense is good, but really you got to be careful with their defense. And their defense completely laid an egg. I mean, as, as much as you want to give Jordan Love credit, he is a rookie quarterback. He's still a rookie quarterback going on the road against a team with a lot more playoff experience than they did. We didn't even know if he'd be on a roster at the end of the year. And they gave up 48 points. I mean, it's not even like they were on the road, Dallas. Dallas is known for being such a good home team. And they still couldn't. I mean, like, if you give up 48 points, there is almost no way you're going to win that game. Like, you can't consistently win games giving up that many points. It's just a total disgrace. Yeah, it was a per- this was – if somebody asked me what a perfect week would look like without my teams, I would have said the Eagles get blown out, the Cowboys get blown out, and Arizona loses their coach and all their players. And that's exactly what happened this week. Um, on the Cowboys, the issue – first of all, the I, I was kind of annoyed because the final score of 16 points didn't reflect the game at all. It was a blowout yeah. to the highest proportion. It was way worse, and way worse. You're going to find out – who really watches games and who box score watches because people who box score watch would say Dak Prescott had a very good game and his stats were high when the opposite was true and Dak Prescott put them in a hole. Now remember, yes, they gave up 48 points, but the 27 at the half, 13 of them, two touchdowns were because of Dak Prescott. He threw a bad interception um, to uh, Jair Alexander at the first quarter on the third possession that set the, the uh, pack. It should have been a pick six, but it actually, they called him down. So he set the Packers up on the 10. Then he threw a pick six to um, Darnell Savage. So they, Prescott was horrible. I mean, and all, but that being said, like the Packers came in there, they said, we had a plan to dominate. They took the ball first, which nobody does nowadays. And I kind of like that move. They took the ball first. They bullied the Cowboys, went right down the field. And then the Cowboys went three and out. And that's a ba- really bad hole to put yourself in when the team goes right down the field and then you go three and out because now you've got to put the defense back onto the field who's gassed. Uh, and the other thing is Dallas is underrated very small. Their linebackers are like way like 260. They got pushed around. Aaron Jones had three touchdowns. I think the, 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 the problem the Cowboys had all year was they couldn't stop the run. Uh, if you look at the game against Buffalo, Josh Allen did nothing in that game, and they won 30. It should have been 31-3. It ended up 31-10. Uh, and this one, Aaron Jones bullied them down the field, and they had no answer. They played with six defensive backs, and they just couldn't stop the run. And then Jordan Love had a lot of time. Um, the, the touchdown to make it 41-16, uh, Musgrave was open for 100 miles. And it was a bad look, and it was a really bad look for Dan Quinn. But I just don't understand how these teams, and we'll get to the Eagles in a second, how the Cowboys are going to run it back. I don't understand. They're the first team ever in NFL history to win 12 games, three consecutive years, and not make the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Who cares what you do in the regular season, honestly? Yeah. If, if, if it doesn't right matter away. at all. It means nothing. Everybody forgets about it. Right. And the window is going to close on them soon. Yeah. Um, well, here's what I think. I think this really, uh, I think the big loser of this game is not the Cowboys or the Eagles. It's Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn might be the biggest loser because like I said before, everybody kept talking about Dallas's defense. And by the way, it wasn't just like 
they were able to score a lot of points. And it's not just that the Packers were able to score a lot of points. And, you know, they just, Jordan Love made great throws and tight coverage or whatever, which happens sometimes. I mean, these guys were like, in some of these, in some of these plays, I mean, the Packers receivers were open and there was no Dallas defender even on camera. Like, yeah. like, that, yeah. like that's how bad some of this coverage was. Um, I, I don't, I mean, this has got to be, this had to have been terrible for Dan Quinn's uh, prospects at maybe getting a head coaching job. Yeah. I mean, this was, it was bad. I, I still think I'll probably get a head coaching job, but it was bad. And it was kind of a contrast to where I felt like the Cowboys were a team that were on the up. They hadn't lost a home game all season. Um, yeah. They looked like they were on the up where the Eagles, I think was, I, I thought the Eagles were going to win the game before the game started, but it was kind of predictable. It seems like the Eagles had – I think that had, had quit on the, the team. I think that Sirianni and McCarthy should have both been fired for different reasons. I think McCarthy should be fired because he just can't win a big game, and I don't think he's that good of a coach. He couldn't win a big game in Green Bay, and he couldn't win a big game I think he's Dallas. a very overrated head coach. Very overrated coach. Where Sirianni, I think, should be, should be fired because he's lost the locker room, and people – you know, I've heard them say, well, he made the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. If you've lost the locker room, it doesn't matter what you did last year. You've lost the locker room. And that yeah. the Eagles looked like a team who quit. And one of the first signs of a team that's quit is guys not wanting to make a tackle. And the tackling was horrific on the Eagles on Monday night. Yeah, I saw that whole game. Uh, you are right about one thing. Uh, you are right. The Eagle, The Eagles collapse against the Bucks was predictable because not because because the thing is they already collapsed earlier in the season um I've never seen an NFL team regress as much as the Eagles have in I, like in my whole life I've never without seen without injury team. what's that without injury yeah without any sort of injury. No injury um I've never seen that before um it it was to the point where they started off as arguably the best team in the NFL going into the season, probably one of the two or three favorites to win the Super Bowl. And at the end of the season, they were no better than an average team, no better than that. And they would have been lucky to be any average, to be any average, uh, any average NFL team. I mean, keep in mind, the Bucs made the playoffs this year, not because they're a great team, but because they're in a God awful division in most divisions. They wouldn't even have made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. I, I would also say, do you know, by the way, who the only other team, there's only one other team in NFL history who won, who started 10 and one and didn't win 12 games. Do you know who it was? Uh, start. Is it recent history? Uh, 96. It was started 10 and one and didn't win 12 games. Yeah. There's only one team that ever did it. I don't know who It'd be your New York jets. Oh, really? I, um, yeah. I had a but feeling they win a playoff game that year. Oh wow! Um, but uh, the, the the one thing that I would say also is that the Eagles, yeah, they were ten and one, but they had a few games like Dallas. They should have lost the first Dallas game. They got really lucky to win that Dallas game, um, which then would have brought them down even to nine and excuse me nine and uh, two. The Buffalo game, they needed to kick a, a sixty yard field goal in the driving rain and have a missed pass by Josh Allen. That would have got them to eight and three. The guy dropped the ball. Um, Kadarius Tony, not Kadarius Tony, one of their other, oh, uh, Vantez Scoutling 
dropped a clear touchdown for the Chiefs in the Monday night game. That would have dropped them to seven and four. So they were ten and one, but they also had gotten really lucky to win some of the games. And that was also like the, the, the commanders took them to overtime and early in the season. Like they were ten and one, but they had gotten a lot of b- balls to bounce their way. Well, yes. To be fair, though, those were against good teams. I mean, it was against the Chiefs and the Bills. Like, they were at least – like, I'm not going to fault them for that. I mean, that's always the case on some level. For some weird reason, even when the Eagles were good, the Commanders were able to play them tough um, for some weird reason. The Commanders always play the the Cowboys and the Eagles tough and lose to the Giants both times. Yeah. that I mean, the same thing happened last year when the Eagles – I mean, they beat the Commanders to give them their first loss last year. Uh, I guess it's, it, it just seems yeah. to be sort of a, a common thing. But I agree with you on Sirianni. He should be fired. He's totally – it seems like he's totally lost the locker room. Uh, there's no the, – the, the team seems to have uh, – the thing is, like you said, if you lose the locker room like that, it, you you have to be fired. There's – I mean – and not and the team the team has regressed. I'm honestly sort of convinced that the Eagles' offense seems to be very sort of redundant and very beatable. Uh, there seems to be very little creativity. Uh, I feel like everybody seems to know how to beat them now. And when a team knows how to beat you schematically, it is very hard to defend that head coach still having a job. Uh, and teams regressing rapidly the way that they did. Uh, ultimately comes down to the coaching. I mean, ultimately, that, that has to come down to the coaching. It's, yeah, and and not only that, regressing badly, in a city like Philadelphia, so he's not yeah. going to really get a lot of so, – and Jason Kelsey, maybe he was planning it, but he retired like the second after the game was over. Yeah. Um, they lost a lot. I mean, they lost – they couldn't get the tush push in. Now, I will say they tried the tush push on the two-book version, and it was – one of the most obvious face masks of all time that didn't get called. Yeah. But they didn't, <laughs> yeah. He, he was like dragging. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Down. I saw that. I was like, but they didn't what? get the, um, they didn't get the two book version and the game, like the game really, really was close. Like score wise, it was close for three quarters, but it just felt, it didn't feel close. It felt yeah. like the Eagles are out of it. And also their corners were horrible. Bradbury and Slay were horrible. This yeah. season, the whole season. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, no, the game wasn't close. Even when it felt, even when the score may have looked close, it was not close at all. No. It, it was not. Um, and, and like I said, it's not like this Bucks team is like a great team. And you also can't use like elements, the elements excuse or anything like that. It's like I don't know how I don't know how many teams they could the Eagles right now could have beaten. Like. It, it, I think the, 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 Eagles, the, Eagles, the, Bucks. the Eagles got the easiest matchup they could have had by far. By far, like they could not have gotten an easier matchup. I would it, rather they the Eagles lost the division, and well, I would much. I mean, this is so much better, like easier in hindsight. But I would much rather play the Buccaneers on the road than the Packers at home. Much rather, it's not even close. Right. So the Eagles lost the division and still won the playoff matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they still couldn't get it done, which is why, I mean, something tells me, I mean, I think that Philadelphia might be a little quicker to fire Sirianni than some other, uh, than some other franchises well, would. The, the owner there is, is, has no problem firing people. He fired Andy Reid. He fired Doug Peterson two years after they won a Super Bowl, first yeah. Super Bowl in franchise history. So he clearly doesn't have a problem firing people. 
I mean, by the way, I was thinking, speaking of Doug Peterson, I was thinking the Eagles are really missing Doug Peterson right now. I, I mean, it, 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 I mean, everybody fired him because basically he he uh, he was accused of tanking. Right. It, well, it was, he, he, I mean, it was pretty obvious tanking that he, what he did, but he might have been another guy that lost the locker room and the whole Carson Wentz situation and stuff. But the other thing that I would say is a lot of people said, well, you know, uh, uh, there was a lot of pundits saying, well, you know, to be fair to Sirianni, he lost both his coordinators this year. Okay, so that means he's a bad coach. If he loses the coordinators and yeah. falls that drastically, that means he's a bad coach. Sorry, I mean, especially when you're a supposedly offensive-minded head coach, right? And I don't. They didn't like run the ball. Like they they went away from running the ball too. Like I, I don't really understand why they did that as well. Like they they just kind of went away from running the ball in that second half of the season. I mean, remember they won one game. The ten and one. They won one game that they were one pass away from losing to the Giants on Christmas yeah. Day. So, so they it, it could have lost every game. So I'm looking at the box score right now, and I watched this game. I'm not a box score watcher, but the box score can tell you a lot of things. So you want to hear something nuts? They ran the ball with three different players. One of them was – and one of them was Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the other um, was Swift and Gainwell, right? Yeah, uh, Gainwell uh, didn't gain very well. Uh, he got oh, so for a total of 42 yards and 34 of them were from DeAndre Swift and for 15 carries. So I, it, they're, they're running the ball with like hardly anybody. Uh, they, yeah, they, they couldn't run the ball at all. It, it, not only could they not run the ball, it didn't even seem like they were trying very much. No. I mean, 15 runs. Yeah, I, they really didn't, and that that was that was a case from the whole season. It was a bad loss. Yeah, I, I mean, I I haven't looked at all the stats, but I would bet that th- uh, throughout the weekend they probably ran the ball the least. Yes, I would I would think that too. Even though there were some teams that got blown out, so they wouldn't have been running the ball. But yeah, it was it was not good. Well, they did get blown out. You'd think that they. I mean, uh, but I, I mean, they just couldn't, they just like couldn't control, they couldn't control the game at all on offense. And like, and I think that when, when you have an offensive minded head coach like Sirianni, if your team is bad on offense, it comes down on you a lot harder. Um, I think part of the reason Brandon Staley was able to keep his job uh, a few years ago was because he's a defensive minded head coach. He didn't run the defense. He didn't run the offense. And a lot of the flubs that they were having were on offense. Right. And because the Chargers defense was so bad this year, it was like, okay, you're the defensive minded head coach. What's your excuse for that? And I, I think with the Eagles, with the Eagles, the biggest problem is that they it, it, it is their offense more than their defense, it seems like. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um uh, all right. So um I don't know if he actually will get fired. Um and by the way, Tomlin was uh, got an extension. He's not getting fired. Neither of the guys are getting fired. Both both teams said they're keeping those guys next year. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame the t- – and I've been critical of Tomlin in the past. I don't think Tomlin should get fired. Uh, the Steelers really had no business being in the playoffs. Uh, he didn't really have much to work with. Um, no, he didn't – he didn't – he hasn't had a losing season in a decade and a half. So I think – Yeah, I mean – Yeah, I, I – I totally agree. I mean, there, you you can't you he couldn't really have done anything more this year. 
Right. So, and Salah's not getting fired. No. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, we can get into some uh, – all right. So, here are some picks. Some really big lines. Uh, really big lines. Texans at Ravens, minus 9.5, over under 43.5. Who do you like? Texans. Texans big time. This is such a large line. I don't understand. C.J. Stroud – like we said, he's having one of the best rookie seasons. He just blew out. I mean, the, the Browns, yeah, Flacco didn't play well, but they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And he put up a gem of a game against them. Uh, I don't understand. I guess there's going to be some weather issues because the over-under is really low. Um, considering the Texans just put up 45 last week. Uh, I like the Texans. I Also, the Ravens are like the quintessential – choke in the for like get a buy and choke in the first home game team so i don't think i don't think that the ravens will choke it but i i can't see it being nine and a half yeah um i i don't think the ray i I agree i the nine and a half is i mean it's just too much to expect anybody to cover uh i would agree i would understand it if these teams were like really lopsided but I mean, anything over a touchdown, I think, for the Ravens is too much. Yeah, I mean, remember, they, the Ravens were 14-point favorites in that the last time they were the one seed and lost the game outright by a lot. Yeah. So I, I, I like the Texans. Not to win outright, but... No, to cover, though. To, to at least cover. And based on the way the Texans have been playing, I don't know if I... Favor any team nine and a half points. Uh, no, I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't be uh, floored if the Texans. I think the Ravens are going to win, but I wouldn't be floored if the Texans won. Yeah, same. Uh, so Packers at Niners, another really big line. Um, I if minus nine and a half over under a little higher. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I like the Packers here too. I mean nine. Now if the line goes lower maybe i'll change my mind but these playoff matches these playoff matchups excuse me is uh very hard to to do like two score uh spreads like like i don't know if the niners are really that good to the point where they're gonna blow everybody out i, I don't think so at all um yeah, the Packers showed yeah. us what they can do. The only thing is that the Niners have an extra week of preparation. Um, but I mean, I th- I think the Packers, the Packers tend to play, are, tend to be good in the playoffs, and I think they could probably compete with them. So I would I would take the Packers to at least be able to cover. Yeah, the only thing is what the Packers are to the Cowboys. The Niners are to the Packers. So the Packers always beat the Cowboys, but the Niners always beat the Packers in the playoffs. Um, they've had, first of all, they've had, two, so the thing I don't like, I'm a big rest, uh, rust versus rest. I think that you should play players instead of rest them. So the 49ers rested their starters the last week. So they've had two weeks of non, not playing, which I think hurts them. But the, the one thing I'll say about the 49ers is I felt like this a few times, like they were playing Arizona was one game I remember, and there were a couple of other ones, uh, Seattle last year in the playoffs, where the game was really close. Like, the Niners are big favorites, and then the game was like two points for most of the game, and then the Niners pull away at the end and cover. Um, I feel like this could be one of those games, especially with the Niners having those two weeks off. I feel like they'll start rusty, 
Um, but I think that I'll take the Niners because I think the Niners will pull away in the end. Yeah, that's the only thing is the sort of gimme touchdown thing. Yeah, it feels like it could be like a four-point game and then McCaffrey runs off a 70-yard. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is sometimes, and this is especially common in college football, where like if you're a box score watcher, it looks like a bigger – the game looks like a bigger blowout than it really is. Like the Michigan-Washington game, for instance, looked like a bigger – looked more lopsided than it really was. Besides, if you watch the game, it is – like, you know, this game yeah. could go either way. And the opposite also happens sometimes. Sometimes games aren't close and the score looks a lot closer than it really was. Right. Um, that, that's the only concern that I have. Um, and it does sound like something the Niners would do. Although I don't really, I think the Niners are more, the, the biggest reason I would take the Packers is because Jordan Love, uh, it, you don't, it, he seems, he, knows he's improved a lot and I feel like he can keep it the Packers close against anybody it seems like but also the Niners don't always just blow everybody out they're not like a team like the Chiefs where they have a bunch of star players like they don't have a Patrick Mahomes or anything they know how to win games but they're not necessarily the most talented they just or or have like Brock Purdy is no isn't necessarily a star quarterback he just knows how to win and they know how to do it like they just they're they're more like well balanced. They know how to control possession. Yeah, not, I don't necessarily trust them to blow out the Packers. And I will say, if the Niners have been really close since Kyle Shanahan came over, they obviously lost in the Super Bowl and they've lost consecutive, well, not consecutive one in between, but uh, championship games. No, yeah, consecutive NFC championship games they've lost in. Uh, if the 49ers, they've lost the championship game two game two years in a row. If the 49ers can't make the Super Bowl with the teams that are left, then they're really, something's wrong. Yeah, because they're also just a much better team than they were. Right. Uh, the, the past couple of years. I, I mean, it, keep in mind, uh, it, it, two years ago, they weren't, I mean, the Rams owned that division two years ago. Um the well, Niners. they had a 10-point lead in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Um, by the way, I would love to I, – I wish that I could be like a bandwagon fan and be a – the 49ers, I, I would argue, are the best team to be a fan of. They never have a bad year, and they're always in the conversation. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but do you think the Niners have a big bandwagon fan base? I feel like football and basketball have the most bandwagon. Yes. No, huge bandwagon fan base. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It, it, they, were, they were the team in the 80s and the 90s. So anyone who grew up in the 80s and 90s is like a huge bandwagon 49er. Go to like any There's of the games. There's a lot of bandwagon Cowboy fans too. Yeah, tons. And uh, there'll be a lot of Patriot Patriot ones in the future. Like kids who are our age, a little younger, will probably be like bandwagon Patriot fans. But if yeah, look at like when the 49ers play a road game. There's tons. Packers are another one. If you watched that – did you watch the – the Cowboys Packer game. Uh, I slept through most of it. If the pa- if, when the Packers scored, like it was loud. There was a lot of yeah. Packer fans there. Like that. That's the Packers and the 49ers are up there with the most bandwagon fans. Right. So th- there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, football seems to have a lot of out of market fans. Correct. It's basketball. That, that's not really bandwagon. This is a common thing. Basketball guys will follow the players more than like the team. That's true. There's more bandwagon fans of, of players individually. You know, there's, there's probably a lot of like bandwagon '90s Bulls fans. Um, 
who are out there booing the widow of a GM that won them. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> How much of a piece of shit do you have to be? Uh, honestly, if Philly fans did that, I wouldn't be surprised. Because <laughs> yeah, I know. Philly fans are like the biggest pieces of shit. I always like to say, like, Boston fans are like what Philly fans would be if they won a lot. Well, the, the, the crazy thing is that the guy that they booed, or the, the, the widow of the person they booed, he won six titles with him. Yeah, like, I don't understand. I, I mean, by the way, if that wouldn't, like, I feel like if, if like Omar Minaya's widow, I mean, he's alive, but if he was dead, it was like at, it was at like City Field. Yeah, uh, I feel like, I don't feel like Met fans would boo him, would boo her. I, I just feel like that wouldn't happen. I don't even think, what if James Dolan died, God forbid, and he, uh, and, and he uh, and his uh, widow was at the game, and yeah. you think Nick fans would boo her? I don't know, but I think it's also different when you won six titles. Also, uh, I, I mean, won- booing a widow is so low, though. It's low. I, I would say this is the uh, this is a really special show because I don't think this might be the only show in America that could be talking about the Packers 49ers divisional round game and name drop Omar Minaya in the conversation. <laughs> By the way, I don't think Omar Minaya was that bad of a GM. No. He was a pretty good GM, Omar Minaya. Um So it, it, I, I think when I was a little kid, I saw him at like my basketball game or something. <laughs> I think like, his kid was on the opposing oh, game. Yours, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. This was, That was like 15 years ago at least. <laughs> Probably even more. Uh, yeah, well, well, you know, Packers, 49ers, Omar Minaya, whatever. It's all one, yeah. Uh, well – but you also have to consider the fact that a lot of 49er fans are also Warriors fans mm-hmm. and San Francisco Giant fans. Yeah. So you have to consider the fact that they, they experience a lot of winning. They did, yeah. They had a really good run in the 2010s. And and, and, to, and 49er fans that are out of market or likely bandwagon are also very likely, I don't know, Yankee fans. Right, right. And uh, – and, uh, maybe like LeBron fans or warrior fans or fans of some other like popular, like at least in basketball fans of like another popular uh, global brand of a basketball team. Like it's very unlike, like I don't think that it's all that likely that you're going to be like a Met fan, a Nick fan and a 49er fan. Well, if, when they come to, when they come to LA, you're in LA, there's a lot of 49er fans. So there's probably a, Good amount of 49er Laker fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are a fair amount uh, of 49er fans. I'm sure there's also a lot of uh, Raider fans in LA. Yes, the Raiders are the biggest team in LA. Yeah, and they don't. They haven't played there in how long has it been? Thirty years? No, long in that at least forty years. Forty something, eighty-two. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I guess that's part of the reason uh, people say L.A. is not that good of a, a football city. I think it's because the popular teams just don't play there anymore. Right, right. It's it's kind of a weird thing. Um, it, it would be like if the – it would almost be like if the Dodgers were, like, the most popular team in Brooklyn. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, like, L.A. fans haven't really gotten over the breakup. No. <laughs> like, that's really what yeah. it is. Like, Brooklyn – like, New Yorkers get over it. Like it, right, yeah, Brooklyn not is Yankee fans. You will you will not meet a lot of Dodger fans in Brooklyn. 
No. Even of even of an older generation. I think they just ditched them. They were like, that's it, we're done. Yeah, they went to Met fans, yeah. Yeah, they turned a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them turned to Met. Well, because the the Mets are basically a combination of the San Francisco of the New York Giants and Brooklyn Dodgers. Yes, correct. That, that's basically what the uh, the Mets are. So well, anyway, are so Bucks and Lions. Um Lions are giving six and a half over under 49 and a half. I'm a little weary of the over under because uh, I don't know how much the Bucks can really score. Um, I like the Lions here. Uh, I think this is a lot. This is a pretty lopsided matchup. Um, the Bucks played a completely broken and defeated Eagles team, uh, and it wasn't really all. Like I said before, at this point in the season, the Eagles were an average team at best. Um, I think a lot of teams could have beat, like half the league could have beaten the Eagles last week uh, or on Monday night, I should say. I, I like the Lions here. I think the Lions are uh, – I mean, the Lions are – they have their blind spots. I just think the talent-wise, this team feel – these two teams feel vastly different, um, especially because the Bucks are not used to playing in the, the cold weather. Right. Yeah, they are in tumbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was that was that was a pretty amazing clip, by the way. Yeah, I I agree. Lions all day. I think the Buccaneers got the advantage of playing a bad team. Lions, uh, good team. Happy for them to get uh, their first playoff win in 30 years, which is crazy. They did get the benefit of a really bad no call at the end of the game. Um, it was yeah. pass interference holding and a late hit on the same exact play. None of them got called. Uh, but I was happy for the Lions. Um, the one thing I didn't understand was Kelly Stafford saying that uh, her kids were getting booed by Lions fans, but they were sitting in a suite. So, like, how are Lions fans booing children who are sitting in a suite? Right. Like, turning up, there, like, pointing over there and booing. That was, like, a ridiculous statement. Um, I, I, I also do think that, in contrast to that, Lions fans booing Stafford was ridiculous. He didn't choose to leave. Yeah. He was not only did it, not only that, but like he he gave them like so much life with a team that otherwise had no shot of doing anything. Like, yeah, he, he was really the bright spot on that team. I mean, if I saw Mark, if Jet fans saw Mark, saw Mark Sanchez at a game, they would never boo him. It would it would it would be more it would probably be more like even Vinny Testaverde even. Because right, no, no, no. I mean, like, and Mark Sanchez does not compare to Stafford. Stafford right. is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. Like, I don't understand how you can boo Matt Stafford. It just makes yeah. no sense. I always thought Stafford got a bad rap because sports fans often fall into emotional binary thinking to the point where, right. like, a, a Giant fans do this a lot, I feel like, um, although they're, they're not the only ones, uh, where it's like Stafford never won a Super Bowl, which obviously he did two years ago, but before that. Like, like a knock on quarterbacks is often they never won a Super Bowl, therefore he sucks. But it's like it's not that you either suck or you're the greatest quarterback ever. There's right. a lot of gray area. You can be a very good quarterback and not win a Super Bowl and not win a lot at all. Um, I guess it's easy for me to say because I'm so used to my team being so bad that I look at fan bases that go through that and think it's really not all that bad. So I always thought like the whole knock on Stafford, especially when he was on such a bad franchise for so many years, I never thought that it was really fair. Um, it, like, okay, he's not Tom Brady, but nobody's saying he is. Uh, and, and 
booing Stafford just makes it, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Um, I think that Lions fans are just so bitter, but I mean, like your team is in the playoffs and your team is good. It, you would think that even if they did have a beef with Stafford, that they would bury the hatchet. Like even if they did have a legitimate beef with him, but like, yeah. I, I don't, it's not like your team sucks now and you, you really need somebody it, like your team is good. Your team is in the playoffs you have two home. Uh, you have two home games. <laughs> like I don't understand. I, I don't understand why they would even be so mad at him. Yeah, both both teams got what they wanted. Both teams got exactly what they want. Good, a good yeah. result of the trade. So yeah, and Stafford was able to like help his own legacy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't. Yeah, really weird to me. You would think that they would have a lot more gratitude for Stafford. Uh, the question I have is, and by the way, there wasn't like a whole lot of drama. He's not like a tough guy to deal with or anything. He's not right. like an, a guy with like a crazy big ego. Um, do you, how many – do you think that Aaron Rodgers would get booed going back to uh, yes. Lambeau Field? Yes. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. he would. But that's a completely different situation. It's a completely different situation. If I was a Packer fan, I would not. Um, first of all, I think booing – for me to boo somebody – I'm not a big booer. Uh, it's a weird sound effect to make. I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest booer. Um, you, you just like make that. W- I don't understand why "boo" is even the word. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not saying I would never boo. I would, but it takes a lot for me to boo you. Um, Packer fans, it, it's at least understandable because he came with a lot of baggage, and they're not booing him because. You're you weren't good enough. They're booing him because you're a pain. In, you were a pain in the ass. That's basically the, why they would boo him. Uh, you can't say the same thing about Stafford. No. Um, but yes. Anyway, I would like to say the Lions minus six and a half. Even though the Rams probably should have won uh, again. By the way, since they didn't cover, I wanted the Rams to win. I feel stupid. I feel like I should have had the wisdom to know the Rams should have been able to keep up with the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I've been pretty high on the Rams in the second half of the season. It was a terrific game. It was. It was a great game. It was the first good game of the weekend. Every other it was game was far the best game of the weekend. Yeah. Um, I mean, it like a lot of people criticize college football for having blowout games in the playoffs. I mean, I don't hear any of them saying anything about the NFL this weekend. I mean, the yeah. NFL became everything they accused the college uh, college football of this weekend. Because uh, right. th- there were no good games other than the uh, Bucks Lions. Uh, sorry, uh, Lions uh, Rams. It, yeah. Um. I, I mean. Uh. So like. I mean the Bills. I mean the Bills won by a whole lot. The Eagles Bucks was okay for a little bit, but it 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 really became kind of a blowout towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um. So Chiefs at Bills minus two and a half. Two and a half is not a big line. I don't know how much I trust the Chiefs. I think the Bills look like the hottest team in the league right now. I mean, I I like the Bills minus two and a half. Um, They're at home. The Bills, like I said before, they have the momentum. The Chiefs, I question a lot about the Chiefs. Um, I really do question a lot. Uh, I think they make a lot of mistakes. Um, And... I feel like they should have been able to do a lot more against the Dolphins, even though they won by a lot. They should have been able to do a lot more. 
Um, and the Bills, but the biggest reason ultimately is the Bills look like a hot team right now. Now, I think that people often, a lot of people aren't too high on the Bills right now because earlier in the season, they didn't really, they, they got off to a really bad start. And that's a, that's not an uncommon thing with elite teams. I mean, the Seahawks and the Packers, when they were good, were like, they would sleep through the, they would sleep until Thanksgiving, basically. Um, and uh, the Bills, like I said, they're the hottest team right now. I feel like it's – and it's not just that, but it's also the fact that every Bills game is like a roller coaster ride. Like mm-hmm. it's like this emotional roller coaster ride for fans, and people think that like – and that often leads to the perception that they're a worse team than they really are. Mm-hmm. I, two and a half is not a big line. I would take the Bills right now at two and a half. Um, I don't think it's the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have regressed throughout the season. Um, I, I, I think, I really think the Bills are going to be able to do it. Uh, I'll disagree. I'll take Chiefs on the money line as well. Um, really? I, I just don't. I don't. I don't trust the Bills either. I don't trust the Chiefs, but I don't trust the Bills either. I think the Chiefs have the number of the Bills in the postseason. Um, the Bills have put up these. They, they weren't terrific against Pittsburgh. Um. They weren't terrific against Miami. I, I I like the Chiefs in this one. Now, this is the rare one which we talked about earlier in the year was that they always play this game in Kansas City. So this is finally the Chiefs are coming to Buffalo. But uh, I, I got um, I got the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I mean, so this is a game that's actually not played in a dome, so the weather will matter. Um, I, 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 I think the weather is not going to be very good from what I understand. No, it's not. It's supposed to be bad again. But unlike the Dolphins, I think the Chiefs can kind of play in cold weather. Right. Um, so I don't – and it's going to affect both teams, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how much of a factor – I mean, I think the weather, if anything, will be a factor on the over-under. That's the main thing I think it would affect. Right. Um, That's why it's so, low. So we, which is probably going to be low. Um I don't know about the over-unders because I'm always very ve- re- weary about over-unders because – it, I feel like I'm, it's a lot harder. Those are a lot harder to predict sometimes. Um, I don't know if I even took any over-unders today. Um, I don't know. I think I'll stay away from it. Um, so I do want to play this uh, one, this thing of uh, Mad Dog getting duped. Um, I think Mad Dog is a legendary radio host. He's one of the best ever. Um, but he's also accidentally funny. Uh, so I, I do want to play this, play the, play the video of him. Uh, is, I'm just giving, giving really give credit to um, uh, Back After This, also known as Funhouse on Twitter. Um, so here's the audio right here. Or the video, Wait, let, me, the, let me interrupt you here for a second. Adam yeah. Schefter just reported this. Now, I don't know if this is – got to double-check it, that Andy Reid – has announced his retirement from the NFL, and Matt Nagy will be the interim coach of the Chiefs during the postseason. Wow. Somebody told me today that Reed could retire. I didn't think, think anything of it, and maybe this is true. Is Andy Reed going to quit the day before they play a playoff game? And Matt Nagy is the head coach? Boy, what a week in the NFL. Follow this with Tori next. We'll see you on Monday at 3 o'clock. Could Reed be gone and not coach tomorrow? 
Okay. That is like the most boomer thing I've ever seen. Um, my favorite <laughs> thing about today's day and age in social media is when older people like Mad Dog can't quite, and this is going to be us too at some point, uh, can't ever like adjust with the times and ever understand social media. And he actually fell for a tweet like this. Whenever I see big news from a big account like Adam Schefter, I assume it's fake until I can prove that it's real. That's basically how I think. Um, And that's for a big story that's realistic. Uh, Mad Dog has to know that a lot of people make up stories on social media because it's funny and can get people like him to believe it. Uh, It reminds me of the time that Nick from Boston uh, convinced Nick Wright that – uh, Tom Brady was like uh, holding out of his contract. I think it was, um, yeah, like five or six years ago. Uh, I don't understand how Mad Dog can possibly think this is real. It's so cartoonishly unrealistic. Like, do you really think that a head coach is going to retire right in the middle of the playoffs, right before right. playoff game. That makes no sense at all. Well, it uh, used to be – I'll say this for for his credit. It used to be a lot easier on Twitter, now called X, which I'll always say Twitter, one of the dumbest yeah. rebrands of a company maybe ever. Uh, but it used to be a lot easier to figure out who was real and who was fake. Now it is a little bit harder because they don't have like the – the check mark and some fake accounts do have a check mark, but A, I agree it was so cartoonishly unrealistic. B, he he or his producer needs to just click on the account because Adam Schefter has millions of followers. Uh, it was so unrealistic, but I will say it was funny because he got away with it because it was if you listen to the clip, he says, I'll see you on Monday. It was the very, very tail end of his show on Friday. So yeah. then you have all the games over the weekend. So he doesn't even have to address it. It was it's so funny. Um, and just the way that he like is he's like what a crazy week in the NFL like but <laughs> it's just like such the simplest stuff. But I will say to his credit, like he's not the only guy that doesn't do it because when they first were an account, Ballsack Sports used to get ESPN all the time. Yeah, like people just don't look at like do the the tiniest bit of due diligence. But I mean, it, it's also on the producer. I mean, I've worked in radio behind the glass, as they say on WFAN, and the producers go through all of these stories. Like, even if a host says, "Oh, look at," uh, I want to look at this. I mean, it is possible that Mad Dog. To be fair to the producer, it is possible Mad Dog saw it on Twitter, like say during a break or something, and just talked about it right away. That that could have happened. It's also true that they went through it with the producer. Um, in that case, the producer, who is probably younger than him and probably much more savvy to this stuff because he's the producer, he kind of has to be, you would think that he would at least click on it and be like, okay, this is obviously fake. Even with the blue check thing, and as much as I can't stand the whole blue check thing now, even if a fake account does have a blue check, it would have maybe 10,000 followers. Like It would right. not have nearly the following that the real Adam Schefter has. And you would see from all the other tweets that it's obviously not Adam Schefter. And their so, hat would be different. I, yeah, and it looks so like, yeah, it, that too. The at would be different too. And also it would just, uh, it, it, it would just be, it, it would take 30 seconds to do. 
Even though, with that being said, there was a, a with the producer, there was, when the Rams played the 49ers um, two years ago in the NFC Championship game, he, uh, Mad, I'm sure you remember this, but Mad Dog was talking about the celebrities that were at the game, and he was not happy about it. And he was like, and he just kept over-repeating. He was like, how is Leonard DiCaprio at a football game? Leonard DiCaprio. And then uh, Chris Lepresti from WFAN texted the producer and was like, Leonard. And the producer of Mad Dog was like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to him about it right now. And later in the show, Mad Dog brings it up and doesn't correct it, just says Leonard again. Like, he's like one of the like most unintentionally funny people on – yeah. but it's it's like i don't think that he very much like corrects his very and he's very like old like in his ways like he when he was talking about that dicaprio thing he was like dicaprio wouldn't know about norm van brocklin and it was like the oldest people Nadog like, is very stuck in like years and years and years ago and also like it doesn't really matter you don't have to know anything about sports to go to these games big like- mad dog big guy Big guy. He's, he's like big into like old sports. He's a big tennis guy. Yeah, well, I am too. By the way, did you see a game last night in the Australian Open? It went to the tiebreak in the third set. The women, it yes. was like 25-20 and it was insane. It was 22 to 20. I was watching. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I've been watching the Australian Open because I'm, I'm not working because I have COVID. Oh, really? Yeah, so good thing you can't. Yeah, I have COVID. I'm still doing the show. That's how dedicated I am. There we go. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, um, yeah, so that's why I've been, yeah, I've been watching the Australian open, uh, and the Sopranos all, all week. cause I'm still on the overnight schedule. So I can't right. like, I'm still awake during all that time. Right, so right. yeah, I've been watching all of the Australian open. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. So mad dog, yeah. Mad dog's a big tenant. He's also a big baseball guy. Like old Crazy. baseball too, though. Old baseball. He got away. He got away with, by the way, saying that he said that if the Diamondbacks won both games in Philly, that he would retire on the spot. He got away with that as well. Like, yeah. And people were like all outraged over it. I mean, but the I'm the not. greatest the greatest one is when Mike Francesa asks him. Well, there's two of them. One is Mike, but well, the other one's not Mad Dog. So, oh yeah, one of them is. Yeah, they're both Mad Dog. One of them, Mad, uh, Mad Dog, uh, they're talking about Michael Vick. Um, the, <laughs> the and uh, they're like, <laughs> Mike Francis is talking about uh, PETA, the organization, and he's like, PETA has put out a statement. And Mad Dog goes, who did PETA King? PETA King. <laughs> and Mike Francis goes, PETA, which is the uh, people against the ethical treatment of animals. <laughs> Which is one of the funniest radio clips. And then the other one is Mike Francesa asks, when the movie Daredevil came out, Mike Francesa was like, are you going to see Daredevil? And Mad Dog was like, which one is that? And he was like, and Mike Francesa was like, it's about a blind crime fighter who becomes a superhero, Daredevil. And Mad Dog goes, it's a true story? (laughs) (laughs) That is, uh, yeah, they are pretty unbelievable. Um, so I do want to get into this Wisconsin radio host saying that the Packers should injure Brock Purdy. I heard about this story. You told me about it. I did not see the clip yet. I just want to see it. All right. So, so play, uh, play the clip. Back And it's little things like this. And the reason we won in 95 when no one gave us a chance in San Francisco is because we intimidated them. I mean, if you – and I always revert to Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons kicked the crap out of Brent Jones. And then it got contagious, and then it carried over. That's why, guys are going to think I'm crazy, 
Well, we already thought uh, that, so go ahead. A 15-yard penalty, and I don't condone this, but I kind of do in the playoffs. <laughs> um, a 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy is not a bad thing as long as it's worth it. I, mm. I'm just saying, this but, is so the mindset you go fine. into when it's battle, and it's it's kind of like the reverse of hockey. What don't they do in hockey in the playoffs, Joshy? Shave their beards. That and one other thing. They don't fight. They don't fight. They don't fight. Right? This is kind of like sometimes a 15-yard penalty is worth it early in the game if you knock the living crap out of the guy. And then he kind of like sticking your helmet in the ribs of Nick Bosa is like, "Ah, I'm hearing ghosts. Okay. (laughs) That was actually a little bit more cartoonish than I thought it would be. Uh, because people often take words and spew them. He didn't say no, that was verbatim. That that was pretty obvious. Uh, okay, first of all, that is a very goofy viewpoint. Um, proof that it's a very goofy viewpoint is nobody does it. No, except maybe Sean Payton, <laughs> bounty game. Hey, um, Greg Williams, that's yeah, not a good. Uh, no, you don't win games by. First of all, how are you intimidating the other team if you're giving yourself a 15-yard penalty? Right. Like, that that doesn't make any sense. You're not going to intimidate a team with late hits. You could just intimidate a, a game with – couldn't you just intimidate the other team with legal hits? Like, getting no. a big stack? <laughs> like, yeah. that intimidate them? Nobody um, I don't think how hitting Brock already out of bounds would right. be intimidating them. No one's going to do it. Like, first of all, these guys, yes, they're trying to win, but they see the other people as the same as them, football players. They're not, nobody goes out with the intent to purposely injure somebody, um, which is ridiculous. Also, he starts the clip by saying that was the only reason they won in 95 was because they injured somebody. So basically saying you didn't have a good team in, in yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know. 95, we weren't even alive in 1995. Yeah, I don't remember that one, but – I, I, my favorite part of the clip is that he says, I don't condone this, but I kind of do, which is like the most like he's just trying not to get like canceled or whatever. Uh, it's it's a, such a stupid take. It's a bad take. It's a, well, it's a disgusting take because he wants somebody to be injured, you know, over a game. Well, he, and he, didn't say, he, he didn't say injured. He just said that's what he meant. Yeah, I guess that's true. He said, no, he said a late hit is not a big deal if it's worth it. Yeah, I guess you could argue that he meant if it if he gets injured. So I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Also, like it's hard. I don't know. It was it was just stupid. Um, it it was really stupid. It, it's one of these like radio hosts like who just say stuff that's just like outlandishly ridiculous. Like um, it's like a Felger moment with uh, with Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay, even though that one he was uh, he shouldn't he have said what? it. He was he he, he was not. 100% wrong on that one. No, I, I agree, but it, the way he said it, you're, you're right. right. His his premise was not totally wrong. Um, he just said it in a really bad way. The yeah. whole idea of what he's saying is just, of what this guy's saying, is just way different. Well, that led, to, that led to a massive protest outside of the WEI studios, too. Um, <laughs> it did, or of the um, 90 Sports Hub studios. It also, what I was going to bring up was Boomer Esiason saying um 
that uh, Daniel Murphy's wife should have gotten a C-section because so that he didn't miss the first game of the season. Yeah, to, to, that was so another he didn't have opening day. That's nuts. <laughs> that was another classic. But um, but yeah, this is just stupid. Like I, I don't know. I I I really did. I I dislike like I the Packers are. I I was rooting for them hard because I can't stand the Cowboys. But I really dislike the Packers, and I think the Packer fans are so annoying. Um. I mean, yeah, I guess there's – they're not as annoying as, say, Eagles fans or Patriot fans or anything like that. No, but they're, they're – I, I don't really like Packer fans. Like, it, it just sounds like a very sort of boomerish take. You know who must have lost a lot of money this year was that bar that did the in, in uh, Wisconsin that was doing uh, the free drinks if the Jets lose. I think they it was only lost. if Aaron Rodgers played, though. Oh. I think it was only – I think the only – I think it was only on that Monday. No, the, I, it was certain games, but I don't know if it was because Rogers played. But it was certain games, like every prime right, time right. they played. But uh, they would have lost a lot of money. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like the backers. I'm, I'm rooting for the 49ers. Um, yeah, I, what, what do you think? Uh, do you think this will beat the uh, the the Cowboys Packers got 40 million viewers? Do you think this will beat it? 40, so they had forty million viewers. Would this beat it? Yeah, probably. It's 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 a later round. It's on Saturday night. Yeah. And by the way, the Packers. It's on. Yeah, it's a later round. It's a primetime game. Um, I think also given the fact that the the public, I think, has a higher view on the Packers than they did before. Uh, yeah, I, I think that might be a big one. Um. Yeah, I, I think so, probably. Um, so, yeah, I, I would bet that it does. I would bet that it does. Um, uh, I do want to talk about this one thing with the Texas basketball coach. He got all upset about the horns down thing with UCF yeah. players. I don't understand why Texas and their fans are so apoplectic about horns down. Uh, like there's some type of trauma connected to it. It is really weird. I remember the Big 12 banned it at one point. They banned um, it. I remember, uh, I think Vince Young got into like arrested because he got into a fight with somebody who did a horns down. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. It's it, it's first of all, don't they had a six Texas? First of all, you stuff like blows my mind now. So like UCF being in the Big Twelve, even though it, it's good, that's going to take some getting used to. So yes. that's one thing. Um, Texas have had a bad start to the Big Twelve season. They're sixteen point lead at home against uh, UCF. So first of all, for the coach, worry about what, the fact that you just blew a 16-point lead to UCF first off instead of worrying about horns down, like the players doing the horns down. And then he was in the handshake line just being like, that's fucking classless, like <laughs> stuff like that. It's so stupid, because. but if you put him up like this, that's fine. Like it, it reminds him it's, – it's stupid. It reminds me of like when uh, – so when, when um, the defensive back for the uh, – Tampa Bay Buccaneers did that to Tyreek Hill yeah. as they beat, and he got flagged for it. But Tyreek Hill's never been flagged for it. Like yeah. it's just stupid stuff like that. And he was like having a a, a hissy fit in the um in in the press conference, and uh, it, it was it was just stupid. Like I hate that. Um, I I just hate that it's so such a sensitive like thing, and especially in college football where you have where you have just like. A lot of – every team has a hand signal. Every team, like, 
makes fun of their rivals more than college, like college rivalries and just college football, like fans are more intense than pro fans. Yeah. I mean, that's just like a fact. Yeah. It's really just, it just makes them look stupid. Um, and this game is not even that big of a story. It's like, if he just didn't care that much about it, I, I can understand players a little bit getting angry and fighting over it. But, like, a coach getting, like, caring so much about it, lecturing players about not doing horns down is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, he said, he, his quote in the, in the, um, uh, his quote in the, in the press conference was, uh, about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that because when you do those kinds of things, it looks very classless. I, well, I mean, you I kind of do that because uh, there's no other team that has a horns down thing. Well, yeah, I don't understand that we don't do that part. But also, like, the fans are probably chirping the players through the game. So then when you beat yeah. them, like, they're probably chirping back. Like, I, I just – I have no problem with this. And this Or were they doing it towards the players or towards the fans? Uh, fans. Yeah, I don't blame them. I mean, a lot of the fans are probably drunk and acting yeah. like assholes. And that's fine. You're a fan, but you're going to get it back. Which Did you see the video – speaking of drunk, did you see the video of the uh, of UConn basketball last night? No. And, they had two dollar beer night, and it was like the the high end of the student section. Just the floor was just filled with like empty beer cans, and they were just like kids like on the floor like this. It was crazy. It was insane. I mean, video. two dollar beer is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, giving college loading up, um, loading up of it's probably a bunch. It's mostly students at the game. I'm I assume, um, loading mm-hmm. up a bunch of students, uh, with beer. Not the best idea. Um, yeah, I don't think that's the best idea. Yeah. Uh, 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 um, yeah. Throw it's a lot of kids in. Maybe they should do that again. A lot of kids in Connecticut using Maryland fake IDs probably get those two dollar. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. It, uh, so it, it was just two dollar. I mean, I guess college kids are. Are able to, are still able to get drunk off of beer? Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't drink beer. It's I think it's disgusting and fattening and all that. Uh, I haven't. <laughs> um, all right. So I do want to talk. Uh, do, do you want to do this NBA and uh, NCAA future odds? Yeah, I, I had a couple of um, futures that I was going to look at as we we end football season. So we're going into uh, basketball season. I think that the. Um, college basketball season is going to be one of the most competitive that we've had, even, even more competitive than last year. But something that I wanted to um, get into on uh, futures is I would place, if you think that somebody, um, that somebody besides uh, Joel Embiid is going to win the MVP, I would bet on that because Embiid I think is the MVP going away, but he only has, I think, four more games he can miss before he uh, – you can only miss a certain amount of games now to be the MVP. So I would look at uh, Jokic at plus 230. That would be one of my best bets to win the MVP. Even though he had a bad game last week, he would probably go out of it. Um, I like uh, Victor Wembignana plus 120 to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, Chet Holmgren is odds on, but I feel like the media loves Wembignana. Yeah, Britney Spears doesn't. 
Um, what do you think of the most – do you think that the, the comeback player of the year in the NFL, you think Hamlin's going to win definitely? I think he probably will, and I think he should. I, I agree. I never understood the criticism of it. The guy literally died on the field and came back. We didn't know if he'd even live or even or play fo- – now he's playing football again. I mean, who else should win comeback player of the year? I don't like – and again, like also like I don't understand like why like certain – so like Nick Nurse is plus 250 – sorry, he's plus 2,500 to win coach of the year. Like he's like done so well with Philadelphia. They're one of the best teams in the league. I don't understand why he's so low. Tyron Lue is low, even though the, the, uh, the Clippers of he's plus 2,300. I would, I would take that as well. Just because I think the Clippers are going to be one of the better teams at the end of the year. Um, and then when it comes to college basketball, uh, there's a lot that I like, but, uh, I would put a future right now on UConn at eleven to one. Um, they they could repeat. They're one of the better teams uh, in the country, and they have like the most complete team. Kentucky fourteen to one. I like and North Carolina sixteen to one and Kansas eighteen to one. I all like mainly because Purdue, who's the favorite to win the whole thing, nine to one. They always choke. Right. Purdue is um, like perpetual chokers. Yeah, well, I'm just, starting, I'm just starting to get into college basketball. Um, I, well, I, this I don't, is to win the whole thing. What? This is to win the whole thing. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just starting to get into it uh, because football season, college football season is over. Um, I, I don't love the college basketball regular season, but when you have nothing else to do, it's a pretty good thing to watch. Well, the... Yeah, I mean those those are like the big ones. Gonzaga is you're getting Gonzaga right now, even though they're not having a good season. You can get Gonzaga at plus money to win their conference, and they've won their well, conference. What do you think of this? What do you think of this bet I could make? And I have to make it within the next five minutes. Go ahead. It, it's uh, home racers race to ten points. Knicks versus the Wizards. That's an easy one. Raptors versus the Bulls. But what's the bet? First to ten points. Oh, so you're betting the first team to 10 points? Yeah. So you're betting the Knicks to, to get to 10 first? Yeah, and the Wizards are terrible. They're like one the of the five. Wizards are terrible, first. yeah. Um, the Raptors against the the Bulls. Yeah. The Kings against the Pacers. And the Timberwolves against Mem- uh, against um, against uh, Memphis. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a pretty good bet. It's plus. Only team I'd be worried about is the Raptors. Yeah. Um, I mean the Knicks. I feel the most confident in, and I don't. Yeah. I don't gotta, bet basketball the way I bet football. Hold on a second. The Knicks. To, um, the Knicks had a good win on uh, on Tuesday too. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Well, uh, no, they were moot. I think they it might have closed. Wait, hold on. It's great radio. Wait, let me see. All right. All right. Whatever. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back next week. Uh, You don't need to see me look through the app. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really appealing. All right. Peace out, everybody. We'll be back next week.